Welcome back to the podcast of the Francis Asbury Society. This is a special six-week series from the 2022 Hemlocking Retreat. The theme of this year's retreat was Heaven on Earth, Living for Global Awakening. We're excited to share these sessions with you. The sixth session is called Awakening Stories, and this is by Jerry Coleman. Jerry is the Executive Director of Empower the Nations here at the Francis Asbury Society. Jerry first attended uh, an FAS Spiritual Awakening Conference in 1989, uh, where the Lord touched his heart, and Jerry continues to this day to pray for spiritual awakening in the world. Here's Jerry Coleman. heard so much, we've been taking in so much, and now what? Now what? And so what? We're, we're going home, and, and what are we going to do? We want awakening, we're praying for it, and how is this all going to happen? What are we going to do? It kind of sounds like the disciples when uh, Jesus said, I'm going to leave you. And I know they were crying, Peter and Thomas, what? You're kidding me in John 13. And uh, I, I feel that, I hear that. But I have the same message that Jesus had for them. Okay, it's not my message. I just want to share his message that he had for them. He has for us. And what is that? The gift of the Holy Spirit. That's the whole plan of the Father, to the Son, to the Holy Spirit. And as Dennis Kinlaw said, if you have the Spirit, you have the Father and the Son. So I have, I have a little sheet. Did everyone get this little half sheet here? I am thankful to Stanton Key, who uh, helped to put this together. I've adapted it some. But um, a few more needed. <clears throat> and here is, in a chart, what's the difference between salvation and sanctification? And really, we could say this is all salvation. It's all full salvation. We could say that. We could also say what's the difference between redemption and filling of the Holy Spirit or fullness of the Holy Spirit. What, what is that difference? And I see here that, first of all, on the left side, salvation is what Jesus does for us. So the Father sent the Son, and for God so loved the world, He gave His only begotten Son for us, that He might save us. This is salvation. In sanctification, though, or fullness of the Holy Spirit, it's what Jesus does in us. We just sang sanctuary. He is a sanctuary in us. The Holy Spirit lives in us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's, that doesn't get more intimate than that. Secondly, we see in salvation or redemption that that is being delivered from the penalty of sin. I'm no longer guilty of my sins because someone has taken the price of my sins. Hallelujah. Jesus has. 
And he said the sins are as far away as the east is from the west. I don't know what direction these are, but it's gone. Hallelujah. But in sanctification, he delivers us from the power of sin. Uh, David and um, Drew, would you please come up here? And uh, I, I know Peter, uh, Drew, would you take this arm over here? I know Peter, when, when he followed Jesus for, what, three years? He was certainly a follower of Jesus for three years. But before Jesus left and before he was, he was sent to the cross, Peter denied him three times. Will you take this arm? Two hands and take this arm. Okay, you go that way and you go that way. You know you're going to lose your left. <laughs> <laughs> He's saying my left, my left side is a little stronger than my... <laughs> okay. Uh, you can pull a little harder, but not... <laughs> Okay, that's good. A little lopsided, yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, bye, bye, bye. <laughs> Done. Uh, okay. I picked, I picked one guy rightly, but the second one not so rightly. <laughs> Be more careful next time. That's right. Yeah. And we're, we're laughing, but, but Peter was that way. Oh, wait, I, I want to I follow Jesus. And yes, I know Jesus. Well, well no, I don't want to like, lose my life or, or get shut down here. Oh, but, but that's my Jesus. But And some of us live life like that, with that pull, one, side to another. Oh, it's all you, Jesus, oh, but the sin, the temptation. And praise the Lord, we see in Scripture, and in a moment I'm going to tell my story, how I found this, <laughs> or the, Jesus found me and set me free. But the promise is not that we live in tension the whole, our whole lives. But we live in victory. Amen. That's the whole plan. And he can deliver us from the power of sin. No more power on me. Thirdly, in salvation and redemption, we can see that we are saved from sins, plural. Our sins are forgiven. Hallelujah. Um, welcome. And... Uh, do you have one more sheet you can pass? And in sanctification, we can be purified from sin, washed whiter than snow. I think that's the cleanest, whitest thing that the writer could think of. Can you imagine Jesus looking at you and seeing, oh, you are as white and pure as snow. 
<laughs> That's what the Holy Spirit wants to do in us. That's awakening. And finally, okay, this is not finally, but these are just four quick, easy points that you have the Holy Spirit in salvation. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit is there. He is cleansing us. He is forgiving us. But in sanctification, the Holy Spirit has you. I fully surrender. I give my life, my will to you. Come fill me. Have not just part of me, but all of me. So here are some differences. And sometimes this is clear, sometimes it's not. But this morning, I want to tell my story, my own story of how this became clear to me and alive to me and why today I'm praying for awakening. Why today I can stand on this porch and believe God that he is awakening his church, his people around the world. <laughs> and I've painfully been in 60 countries around the world, want to go more and more. I'll go wherever, whenever, just to preach and teach the good news that we have, that Jesus sets us free. And we can go home, even all the way to Florida, Alan, with the Holy Spirit. And Alabama. <laughs> Earlier this year, I was in Nepal and India for three weeks and three weeks away from Jan. We have a two-week rule. We won't be apart for two weeks, more than two weeks, but we gave an exception this time, as we have maybe three times in our lives. And uh, it was hard. But I was never away from the Holy Spirit, <laughs> or the Holy Spirit never away from me. So back in Acts, yeah, if we want to think about awakening, think about the Holy Spirit, we do think of Acts chapter 1, verses 4 through 8. So I want to share my story of how, how the Holy Spirit filled me, how Jesus became the Lord of my heart, not just the Savior of my soul. Because I had, we talked about hard hearts earlier. My heart was disconnected. My, my head controlled my heart. And it was in bad shape. And I want to share how Jesus filled me with such love and how he can fill you too. Okay, maybe you have been filled with the Holy Spirit. But as someone said here, I don't want to retire, but I want to refire. And perhaps some of us still this morning need a refire of the Holy Spirit. Acts 1, 4 through 8, on one occasion, while he, that is Jesus, was eating with them, he gave them this command. Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait 
for the gift my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around him and asked him, Lord, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, It is not for you to know the times or dates the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Amen. Yes, so Father, come, come in your power and your loving power. Awaken our souls, our spirits, our world, in the name of Jesus. Amen. So the whole plan of Jesus came down to this. Wait. <laughs> Anywhere. The whole plan to change the world <laughs> with 12 minus 1 and then 120. The whole plan to wait for one thing. As I said, my, my head controlled my heart. There was a separation there. I didn't have a hard heart. I had a separated heart. And I found that at Asbury Seminary in a chapel. It was actually the funeral service of Frank Bateman Stanger. And I sat in the balcony. But as the service went along, I, I wanted to move in tears. His story moved me. But my head choked it down. What? I'm sitting among friends. They'd think I'm a crybaby. And I was raised to be a man. And men don't cry. And shut it down. I was in evangelism class, and we went to witness to soldiers. That's what we were supposed to do if we weren't afraid for, of witnessing. And three parts of, of this program, as 250 or so soldiers came into this, the, the basement of this church in Louisville, Kentucky, and the first part was games, and it was fun to participate in those games. The second part was a message up in the beautiful sanctuary with pipe organ, and I, I worshiped the Lord. And then the third part was get a plate of food and witness to the soldiers. Well, I went and, um, you know, I, I didn't want to step on any toes, and I didn't want to do stuff that would make me feel uncomfortable. So I ate food and asked them about boot camp. And we talked about sports. And I got a second plate of food, as we all did. I mean, this little group. And then the sergeant called everyone out to get back on the buses and back to base camp. And we students gathered around to say, reported what happened spiritually. And I was real quiet. Yeah, my head controlling my heart. But I noticed someone there different. Her name was Anna. And she was a slight gal, but just huge smile. And just gently forgetting about herself, just praying for soldiers. 
and loving them. And she reported in that circle, well, today, five soldiers gave their lives to Jesus. Praise the Lord. I said, I've got to talk to her. She is different. What is it? So I made an appointment and talked with her, and she asked me a question after two hours. She said, Jerry, we've been talking about religious things for two hours, but you've not mentioned the name of Jesus. Why? I don't know. So my, my computer started going, and then it remembered something that Professor Don Joy said, that sometimes when we use the language of of Lord or sovereign God, we're, we're thinking of that God way up there, the creator God. Sometimes when the, we use the language of Jesus Christ, we're referring to that Jesus Christ who died on the cross for, for me, for us. But he said sometimes when we use the language of Jesus, just Jesus alone, he says we're, we're unintentionally mentioning the intimate relationship we have with him. I remembered that. And then the Holy Spirit said, Jerry, you've not made Jesus Lord of your heart. So finally, I, I, I said, well, and I, I think I've never made Jesus Lord of my heart. And she said, well, would you like to pray to make Jesus Lord of your heart? And then a big argument came between my head and my heart. My head said, no, I'm, I'm good. I've got that ticket, age 13. I invited Jesus Christ to be Lord of my life, and he is. I'm in seminary to be a pastor. I'm good. But my heart said, oh, I... I'm missing something. There hasn't been a connection. I've not been free. Finally, I said, okay, Anna. And we prayed something very simple like, okay, Jesus, I'm sorry. You've, I've kept you at a safe distance. Forgive me, but I, I give all of myself to you. Come and fill me, all of me, in the name of Jesus. When I opened my eyes, it was like people changed because I grew up in a family where we analyzed people. You know, uh, tall, short, intelligent, not so intelligent, uh, skinny, otherwise. But all of a sudden, I just, I just saw hearts walking around in that student cafeteria. Some full, some empty, just needing love. And I just felt the love of God flowing in my heart. I, I try to describe it like, a Dixie cup in Niagara Falls, you know, just such a flood. So I went back to my three classes at seminary the next day and went to my seat and opened my book ready to take notes in evangelism, Dr. Crandall, and 
Then I felt boom, boom, boom. Stand up, Jerry. I think, Alan, you said, Holy Spirit said, pick up that trash. Well, the Holy Spirit said to me, stand up, Jerry. Tell what happened yesterday. My head said, well, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to interrupt the class, and that's pretty unnormal. And, but my heart said, I think that's the Holy Spirit. But then my head said, no, I think the Holy Spirit means you need to talk to someone else, and they're supposed to stand up. And no, boom, 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 stand up. So excuse me, Dr. Crandall, I hate to interrupt class, but I want to tell what happened yesterday. And he said, oh, come on up. 70 people in the class go up. Well, I just want to share that <laughs> yesterday, Jesus filled my heart with such a love that I can't keep it in. And I love every one of you. I want to give you all a hug. I gave Dr. Crandall a hug and sat down. <laughs> so I went to my second class, uh, Dr. Burgess, Christian Education. Sat down in my normal seat, got ready to take notes, and then boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Stand up, Jerry. You know, we often have three to ten seconds to obey that, that voice. Okay, sometimes God gives us second chances and third chances. An hour later, two hours, a day, two days, a year, ten years later, sometimes. But I, I was trying to learn then and that one day. I'm trying to learn now, brothers and sisters. To live in immediacy. <laughs> immediacy. When the Holy Spirit says, boom, 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 this is part of awakening. Hello? Good morning. Immediacy is awakening. And it can start in such things. Right, Alan? Picking up <laughs> because I, I had a practice of arguing. I could argue with God and justify almost anything with my mind. It's, it's unbelievable how intelligent I can get in arguing against God and give excuses. What about you? Yeah, but, yeah. I want to, this morning, put yabbits to death. I'm praying for a spirit of immediacy of the Holy Spirit in our hearts. That's awakening. Now, here, now. Excuse me, Dr. Crandall, I hate to interrupt class, but... I'm sorry, Burgess, Dr. Burgess, but I just want to share what happened to me yesterday. He said, okay, come on. You know, he's one of the founders of FAS. I didn't know that. Well, I just have to share that yesterday, 
I'd been keeping Jesus at a distance, the Holy Spirit at a distance, but I just invited him in to be Lord of my heart, and he's just filling me with such a love, I can't keep it in, and I love every one of you. I want to give you all a hug. I gave Dr. Burgess a hug and sat down. And before I got to my third class, I started praying. Lord, please, not in this class. <laughs> Because it was taught by Dr. Joseph Wong, <laughs> New Testament professor. And he taught 1 Corinthians in Greek. And if he walked through the hall and you said hi, and he'd say, he might say, hello. Hello. And he'd come into class, put his Greek Bible down, begin lecturing. He's a Taiwanese genius. I don't know how many languages he knows, at least seven has his devotions in Greek. I said, Lord, please not. <laughs> so I sat in my normal class, opened my Greek Bible, took out my notes. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> Stand up, Jerry. You know, I was beginning to learn that day and beginning to learn now, continuing to learn now, that it's actually easier to do what the Holy Spirit says than to fight Him. It's easier. I, I want to, who was it we were talking about understanding? Yeah, bishop in India. We want to first understand and then obey. <laughs> Yet we want to pray for peace that passes what? <laughs> we don't want to understand before we obey. We cannot. If it's God we're listening to, hello? If it's God we're obeying, if it's the Holy Spirit we're inviting to fill us, we can't understand. I'm, I want to live in immediacy and no understanding. Excuse me, Dr. Wong, I hate to interrupt class, but something happened to me today. So, come on! Well, Jesus yesterday filled my heart with such a love. I can't keep it in. I love every one of you. I did not give Dr. Wong a hug. <laughs> I have to be honest. <laughs> but that's one thing that, that I felt a barrier. I felt at that point in my life, I didn't feel free to hug. I just didn't feel it. I didn't feel free to do a lot of things. I felt fear of what people thought, fear of different things and doubt, and <laughs> Jesus set me free from fear. Amen. What casts out all fear? <laughs> Love. <laughs> that Niagara of God's love started then to fill me. And, you know, he won't fill 
something that is turned off and resisting. But when we open the way, <laughs> you'll just feel it. That's what I want to go home with. That's how I can go forward in faith for awakening. The, the Niagara Falls of his love flowing in me and through me. I went back to uh, the outreach to soldiers and during, during the games part, I was just pacing in the back praying for the soldiers. During worship, I was worshiping and praying for the hearts, the salvation of the soldiers. I got my plate of food, I was praying, okay, guide me to a place where I can sit and tell what has happened to me. I went into the next room, a table of seven chairs in a circle, and one chair was empty. Okay, I'll sit here. Can I tell you what, what has happened to me in my life? <laughs> You know, when we're filled with the love of God and the Holy Spirit, it just kind of spills out. Don't have to work it up. It just spills out. We students gathered in the circle, and I reported six soldiers gave their lives to Jesus tonight. Hallelujah. I think since when I prayed that, a, a deep love of my earthly father came to me and a conviction, too, that I had never told my dad from my heart, I love you. He was in the Korean War and a good provider. We had more than enough as a family. I knew he would be there at night, every night. We kind of had this, you know, oh, all right, Dad, kind of relationship. And uh, <laughs> a picture started coming to me of throwing my arms around my dad and telling him from my heart, I love you. So a couple weeks later, he and my mom came to visit us in our teeny tiny apartment in Wilmore. And uh, before he got out of the car, I threw my arms around him and said, Dad, I love you. He said, oh, OK, thank you. <laughs> you know, we're not responsible for how people act and react to me or to the Holy Spirit. We're responsible to do what the Holy Spirit tells us. We're not responsible for awakening, but to live in immediacy. He didn't have all of me, but he does now. Okay, I'm, I'm 
I'm not going to tell you that I still don't have temptations to run away and to hide. And even during COVID, I had the temptation of literally retiring and retiring to my family. I'm, I'm done with ministry. But uh, Holy Spirit reminded me, oh, no, you're not. <laughs> the call is, is still there. What, what is your last holdout? In a moment, I'm going to ask you to pray with me, and perhaps there are a few who would like to stand and say, I, Jerry, I want a filling of the Holy Spirit. And perhaps others will say, Jerry, I've been filled with the Holy Spirit, but I need a new fire. I want to live in immediacy. I'm going to invite you to stand in a moment. I was sharing this in Michigan in a church a couple years ago, and I, I went out into the parking lot, and a, a woman about 50 years old came up to me just in tears. May I talk to you? Sure. It took me a while to figure out these were tears of joy. She started sharing, Jerry, as, as a child, I was abused. As a teenager, I was abused. When I got married, I was abused. So I have kept this secret part inside of me just to myself. No one else in the world could enter that, not even God, enter that space until today, she said. <laughs> she said, today, I opened that space and allowed the Holy Spirit to come in and you don't know how free and joyous I am today. Hallelujah. That might not be your story, but there might be some of us here that have just, just a part, a corner that's blocked off. And I want to invite you to open it up. Let the Holy Spirit come in. Fill. If you would like me to pray with you about being filled with the Holy Spirit or renewed with the Holy Spirit, would you please stand? This is not something by force, please, but by invitation. So, Father, you, you see us. You see our hearts. You know our hearts. You know us inside and out. And we pray in the name of Jesus, you fill us now. 
We pray your Holy Spirit come upon us. Forgive us for keeping you at a safe distance. Forgive us for arguing with you, for trying to rationalize every single thing. Forgive us, Father, for wanting to first understand and then obey. And I pray now for a spirit of immediacy right now that we will listen to you and do in the same breath. I pray for an emptiness all around this porch that you will empty, that, that we will empty ourselves so that you might fill us to overflowing. Fill us with your chesed love, your agape love in the name of Jesus. We welcome your, your Niagara Falls of love. More love. More love. More love. More. More. Love of God. Some of us have lived in fear. Fear of the future, fear of what people think, fear of this or that, but your perfect love right now, I pray, cast out that spirit of fear. In the name of Jesus, spirit of fear be gone. Out in the name of Jesus. Come. your spirit of love, your absolute love. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Well, thank you for stopping by. We do hope that this special series is a blessing to you. Please take a moment to visit our website at www.francisasburysociety.com and you can find out more information about the Hemlock Inn retreats on our events page. You can even register now for next year's retreat, which will take place August 21 through 23. And then the second retreat is August 23 through 25. That's in 2023. Uh, we would love for you to join us. The Hemlock Inn is a beautiful inn located in Bryson City, North Carolina. The inn overlooks the Smoky Mountains. It would be a wonderful stop for your family next time you're in the area. FAS has been holding our annual retreats there at Hemlock Inn for close to 40 years now, and God has faithfully met us there on that back porch year after year. We would love to have you join us.